friends. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I am your host, Heather Love. I am so excited to share today's guest with you. She is someone I lovingly refer to as one of my Dharma girls. I met Christina in June of 2021 when we were placed in the same working group or what we called a pod when we were both students at the Dharma Coaching Institute. This group of women has been a true lifeline for me and I am so grateful to have them in my lives. You'll hear us talk a little bit more about that in the episode. Christina lives in California with her beautiful family and is a gifted coach and healer. She is amazing at what she does, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Without further ado, let's welcome Christina to the show. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Heather. I am so happy you're here. You are someone that I have only known since June of 2021, but it feels like I've known you my whole life. (laughs) I know. I know. I love our little sisterhood we got going on. Yeah. So I I call you for my listeners. I call you one of my Dharma girls. Uh, Christina is someone who was in the Dharma coaching program with me at DCI. We got put into a pod together randomly. There was four of us. and Well, actually there was five and the one person just got put in two pods. So they went with the other one, which is great because I love our little tribe so much. And we have really become such a family. We've gone through a lot of things in our personal lives and we've been able to share them with each other. And so you're really just more than words can express. You are just someone who I'm, I feel so, so connected to. So I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I am just so honored to be here and like just reflecting back and thinking about like baby us a year ago, <laughs> like baby Dharma girls a year ago and just how much we've changed and how much a person can change when they're walking the spiritual journey. It's really remarkable. Like even thinking back then about like how hard sometimes things seemed and how it, you felt like it would take forever to get to a place of feeling like a little bit more fulfillment, a little bit more peace, but it really can happen so quickly. And, and we have all our examples of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you guys were with me on my first day back into the office in July of last year. And I went out on my lunch and sat in my car and we all chatted and you guys are so supportive because I was so not wanting to be there. I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. And you're, you guys are all just so supportive. And you're like, hang in there. You're, you're almost done. So. I totally remember that. I remember you just like totally being in a place of recognizing that, wow, this is not in alignment with me anymore. And it was really difficult for you and just kind of rallying around you. And I remember even telling you Heather, but on the plus side, you look really hot today. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I I mean, you did. So, you know, had to be said. (laughs) All right. So the way I like to start my guest episodes is I have two books, a red book and a blue book, and you're going to pick red or blue. And I'm going to ask you a question from one of the books. Red. Red. I love red. Red used to be one of my favorite colors when I was a kid because it reminded me of love. Oh, this is a deep one. Oh, wow. I love deep. Have you ever had to give someone devastating news? And what was it about? I actually have. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I had to inform people that somebody had passed. Ooh. Yes. So that was, that was very deep. Um, yeah, it's funny. You bring it up. Sometimes I like my memory will like randomly jump to that moment of time. Cause I think I was kind of like in a shock type of place too. And like, um, you kind of, my natural instinct was to like, kind of take care of business, I think. So somebody needed my support. And so I, I did that. Yeah. I, I think the only time I've had to do that was when I had to tell our daughters that, the dog had passed away. And, you know, so I was in my own state of grief and then having to like hold my shit together to tell them and then especially for your children. Yeah. And then like hold the space for them to be upset, you know, and like that was, they were, they were young. They were still baby. My little one, especially, I think she was only two maybe. So yeah, that's grappling. Like not only are you processing this really intense thing, but then you're like, oh my gosh, what are they feeling? What are, what kind of questions are they going to ask? Like, that's got to be a very overwhelming moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll shift gears a little bit. I would love to know what was Christina like as a child? What did you like to do? What was your personality like? (laughs) As a child, I was very much in my own little world in my head. I was the oldest of six kids and uh, being a female, the oldest in a Mexican family, I did have a lot of responsibilities with my younger siblings. So I feel like I was just naturally kind of more of a calm and steady type at least as a, you know, young child before the, the teen years, hit. <laughs> um, I, my imagination was everything to me. I used to enjoy, like, I remember when my dog died, who I was very attached to, I would like have church ceremonies, like do like a funeral for him because I wanted to be like the priestess type of person. <laughs> so I used to just do weird things like that, do time capsules and bury them in my backyard. And just, I was just living in my own little world, honestly. Oh, I love that. You just reminded me in 1999, I put together a time capsule. And so I was an adult, <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> the world was going to end in, in the world oh, in, right. in 2000. <laughs> Y2K. <laughs> so I put together a time capsule just for fun. I have never opened it. Ooh, I you should set a date for that. Yeah. You have inspired me. Maybe, um, I'll do that with my girls. They will probably not have any idea what most, I don't know what, I don't know what I put in it at this point. It's been 20, almost 23 years almost. So it was 1999. So yeah, I, I might have to do that. Yeah. You know what you just, we're doing an inspiration back and forth right now. Cause I was just thinking it would be fun to do that with our kids because they're at, my kids are seven and five and they're at such a, like, it's such a special age right now where I feel like what I've always been waiting for as a mom, like just teaching them. They're old enough where I can actually teach them how to be good people, teach them. Like they're just starting to ask questions about deep concepts and I feel like I've always wanted that like with motherhood and obviously when they're younger, you know, we're not, you're not there yet. You're doing like the other motherhood stuff, but I feel like for the first time I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. Like I just really just want to freeze them. I want to freeze these ages (laughs) because it's just, they're so cute and they're so much fun. We're doing like family things like hiking. And so it would be a really good idea to do that. Like do a little time capsule and just save it for later. Yeah. Things that they're interested in now or pictures or even, you know, 
if maybe not their favorite stuffed animal, because that would be hard to get them to part with it at this yeah. point, but you know, get one that they really like or something yeah. that speaks of the time, you know, exactly. that would be fun. So what did Christina as a kid want to be when she grew up? Uh, well, that kind of wraps into the time capsule thing, because I found like a little mini time capsule that I had done in, I think in sixth grade, that was in a yearbook. <laughs> And I recently had opened it and it said like, what did you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was an actress and an astronaut and the veterinarian, I believe. Mm. <laughs> I think, you know, just all those things. <laughs> well, it's funny because my youngest has a lot of things that she wants to be. And I only really remember veterinarian and teacher for myself, but she's yeah. like, I want to own a boutique. I want to be an artist. I, I forget, but it's like all over the spectrum, kind of like that yeah. an actress and an astronaut. Although today in today's world, you, you can be both because you just, you just pay enough money and they'll let you fly to space. Right. So. <laughs> now, thinking back though, um, I mean, I wrote that like in sixth grade when everybody want, every girl wanted to be a veterinarian, you know, but I think really what I remember in childhood, what I wanted to be, I wanted to be an astronaut like so badly. I mean, I had this deep, intense passion of like, I would look at the stars and just, I remember feeling like that feels like home, you know? And I, I just wanted to be like in the cosmos and even (laughs) we had like a little field trip to Balboa park that we have here in San Diego. And they had like this little dome thing where you can watch movies and we, it was going to be like a outer space journey. And man, I was just like, so hyped up to go and just sit in this theater and like be in outer space. <laughs> so funny. I got chills when you said that. I really feel like you are a star seed. Like that is like, <laughs> that's part of your past life journey. So I think that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in a way, I feel like my mind is very expansive and I had that as a child too. And I just felt at home being in the stars, you know? I love that. So six kids, that's a lot. I I only have one brother. Do you think your family was really supportive of you being imaginative and exploring everything that the world had to offer? Yeah. So I feel like as the oldest of six kids, I came from a very, like a lot of love, a lot of love in my family. Um, a lot of chaos, obviously with six kids running around like, like maniacs. Um, but my parents, while they were very young, when they had me, they just both have really beautiful hearts. And I did receive a lot of love. That being said, being the oldest, I still felt like very lonely. I think, I think I had it almost like a, it was like this duality thing, like a loneliness because I was so kind of in my own world. And then it was me, boy, boy, boy. So I didn't have like that sister really until I was way older. And uh, I think almost high school is when my sister was born. I was 14. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I was 14 when my little sister was, I must've been 12 when my first sister and then 14 with the last one. So I don't know. I went, I always wonder, like, did they notice how like, <laughs> like out there I was, you know? <laughs> Um, but my mom does make comments. Like I was always a really big dreamer. I always just had like crazy ideas and I just did them. So I I think that they did notice that they probably just didn't have enough like time on their hands to like have that deep support, you know, of like, you need to follow, you know, your dreams and that kind of support because Mm -hmm. they were pulled in so many directions. But actually looking back, my dad did always kind of, as I got older, I think, he would always tell me like I could do anything I wanted and to like, he never set like limits for me or anything like that. 
Having that support is so beautiful because I think very often parents have these ideas and expectations of their children that their kids are going to fulfill for them because they didn't have the opportunity. And so I love that he kind of gave you the whole, the world is your oyster kind of concept. Absolutely. And And even looking back, I actually have to like really honor my dad for that because I feel like he came from a Mexican kind of machismo type of, you know, culture, but his mom actually, who is, she's like a hero of mine. She was very like a business owner and very independent woman. So maybe just seeing that growing up, he, he kind of put that on me and looking at my mom, she went from being the oldest in her Mexican household to having me like be marrying my dad, having me immediately. So she didn't really get a lot of opportunity to step in that herself, even though she was always working her whole life. You know, I have to hand it to my dad and not be like, you're just going to get married and have kids. And, you know, he never spoke to me like that. So that's great. So I would love to know kind of where your journey has taken you. What, What are you up to these days? Oh my gosh, the journey. Yeah. So I am transitioning from being a full-time wedding photographer. I own a wedding photography and videography studio based here in San Diego. And it's been a wonderful decade. I have built a business that I was very passionate about and I'm really proud of like what I've built. I just, at a certain point, I just felt like I was being called to do something else. And that was a very interesting journey for me that probably like maybe five years ago, I started getting the tinge of like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I want to do forever. And that honestly scared like the shit out of me. (laughs) It's like, wait, what do you mean? Like I figured out my passion that no, 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 like this can't happen. You know, I went from a place of, I would be like shooting weddings sometimes and just get like an overwhelming emotion of like, not emotion, just like a Zen moment. And I could hear this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And it was a beautiful experience. I really felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. And eventually things just started to shift. I could feel like an energy shifting and an energy that scared me. And I started shooting and I would hear a voice saying, like, you don't want to be doing this anymore. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> like, I remember being so confused, almost like tortured. And I would tell my husband, like, I feel like photography is like sand slipping between my fingers and I can't hold on to it. I struggled with that. I I was thinking about ways to like, maybe not shoot as much, but expand, expand the business, just be a studio manager and get more photographers under me. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I was about to step into the most lucrative month of my career and the busiest. I mean, I was traveling to like Costa Rica first class and Hawaii and like things were really, my business was getting into a place that I had like thought I wanted. And I remember like everything was settling in on top of the pandemic. You all know like how, how it goes, what that felt like for everybody. But I was like, wow, I feel relief. I feel relief that I don't have to go do all that. And that kind of surprised me. And so that kicked off my journey of like, well, I'm not doing this. What the hell am I doing (laughs) with my life? You know, I, Love that story so much because really the message I try to give to people is that you get to live life on your terms. And sometimes that means shifting completely away from what you're doing into something new. So I would love to know how you kind of 
got through some of the resistance as you decided to make this change and, you know, really give yourself permission to let go of something that meant so much to you? Oh my gosh. So much faith, like having so much faith in my, like trusting my gut. That is what fueled me because it was not an easy thing to do. Even now when people know that I'm transitioning and I still have my business, but other photographers and videographers are shooting, but I don't want to do it, be a studio manager, even down the line, because from the outside, it looks great. I mean, it is great. I'm so thankful and people would kill to have, you know, the, the what I've built. So there is a lot of resistance of, of ego thoughts of fear stepping in. Like, are you crazy? What are you doing? But I, when I say I feel called, I mean, I feel called and it's been a long journey that I feel that I've been led down to discovering my gifts as a healer, my just nature belonging in this world, the spiritual world. And you are so talented and have so many gifts, but I would love to kind of hear a little bit of, in your own words, what you're transitioning to. So you're from a wedding photographer to what? Yeah. So, um, I am a Dharma coach and a healer now I'm an intuitive healer. So the way my sessions usually work is, you know, my clients come in, we kind of have like a discussion and I encourage them if there's anything that's really on the forefront of their mind that they want to discuss, like, let's go there. We kind of dive in and I intuitively kind of start to receive sometimes messages, some information, and then we'll get them on the table and a little more hands-on like energy work. And it's honestly, each of my sessions can be so different because it's so intuition led and everybody's so unique and like their needs and their what they need in that moment is just so different. And it's the same with how my photography is. So it's funny me finding myself telling you this, that I've been telling my photography clients, like, I don't have a recipe for success. I, a general recipe, like I need to do this and this, and this, and this, it, it's very intuition led. It's very like, I'm making art from the moment, the art from the moment at hand. And even my healing can be that way. Like I'll, cause you know, you just, sometimes you start from the top chakra and you work your way down. And sometimes that's what feels right. And sometimes it's like, no, go, let's go straight to the solar plexus or let's go straight to the heart space. Yeah. And so then we end with some reflection, some, you know, like talking through things with them, their aha moments, and then some action steps. And yeah, so it's really funny that I'm like, what am I in a coach or a healer? I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just, (laughs) I need to find the right terms. And I'm really working on that. But I feel like I've been discovering who I am as a healer and a coach too. So I just have to honor that and know that the wording will come to me like when it's time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I think people can get really hung up on the title and it really doesn't matter. You know, it's what you can do and how you can help and where you're. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I get so in my head and I'm like, what am I? Oh my God. I'm like, just Christina, just get in a room with somebody and you know what you are, you know, (laughs) you are amazing. And I really, really feel very strongly that you have been a shaman in a past life. You have such a connection. So much people have been telling me that a lot. You have such a connection to your ancestors that whenever we speak, I just, it's like this overpowering, like knowing that I have that that's something that you have had in your past life. And I think those gifts show in your life today. Thank you. I don't know if I've told you this story yet about my pendant. No. And I'm bringing this up because you bring up shamanism. So 
I recently, my mother-in-law came over and she had a necklace on and it was a gold necklace and it caught my attention. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And so she was telling me that she went to a garage sale. She purchased a wallet. When she got home later on, she realized there was a little gold pen at the bottom. And it's about the size of a dime. As she's telling me the story, I hear this necklace, this pendant is making its way to you. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like that pendant's making its way to me. I don't say anything to her, but I tell my husband later that day as a witness. And I said, babe, like I heard this message. I don't mean it like in a greedy way. Like I want the necklace. That's not what I mean, but I'm telling you, I don't know if it's tomorrow or in 10 years, somehow, like you're my witness. This necklace is going to make its way to me. That happens Mother's Day comes around. This just most recent Mother's Day and everyone comes over and unbeknownst to me, my mother had recently given my mother-in-law a bunch of like her old costume jewelry she was getting rid of. So as a thank you, my mother-in-law gives my mom a gift and my mom is like digging through her bag and she's like, it's really beautiful, but I would, it's just not my taste. I don't think I would wear it. And I would just like, my hands go over my mouth and I'm like, no way. I'm like, no, I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what it is. Keep in mind, my mother-in-law has a lot of jewelry too. So how would I know this? Of course, my mom pulls it out as she hands it to me. Spirit brings a flash into my mind of a memory I forgot about about a year and a half ago where one of my very powerful psychic friends and healer friends tells me, Christina, there's a pendant and it goes down at the top like this. And it has like all these spike lines at the bottom. She's like, I I can't fully see it, but if you ever see a necklace like this, like you have to buy it. Like this is, you know, for you. So I have this flash as my mom hands it to me and I'm all these dots are connecting and my mind's just like exploding. I'm like, are you kidding me? But I'm actually wearing the pendant right now. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. Yeah. So of course I'm like researching all my, like what symbols. And, um, eventually I find that it comes from Peru and it comes from ancient, it's an ancient Incan symbol. And I don't want to, I want a disclaimer here because I'm not familiar with the Incan traditions and I don't want to like dishonor anybody, but from what I'm understanding is this symbol has been adopted in Peru and it's like all over the place, but it actually has very ancient ceremonial um, roots and like shamans would use it in ceremonies. So yeah, it's like a symbol of like a shaman healer. And so that was like, um, like mind explode. I don't even know what to do with this information. I just know that this pendant is now super special to me. Okay. First of all, I need to say that I love having friends like you and that we can have these conversations and it's so normal. Like it's not normal. Like I have chills, but at the same time, like we can talk about this stuff and it's not weird. So I I have to put that out there. Yeah. (laughs) And then second of all, this is like a book or a movie or something. Just how like you, you had this vision and this necklace and you had this knowing that it's going to come to you. And then your mom pulls it out. And, you know, I know I told my husband, I'm like, I feel like I'm living walking magic. Like it's just so beautiful when your heart and your mind opens you know, to the gift of spirituality that we've been given, like how your life can just transform and how much like listening to your intuition can just bring you to such beautiful places, but it's not easy. And it requires a lot of mindset work, a lot of healing work, but it's just so beautiful on the journey. Yeah. I think it's as difficult as we make it right. It can be easy. It it Um, could be. Yeah. That's not to say that 
doubts won't creep in or, you know, that ego voice that you're not good enough kind of thing. But I think if we set out to make those changes, it doesn't have to be as hard as people think it is. Totally. I totally agree with you. I took the hard route. (laughs) (laughs) As, As many people do. I had a lot to work through a lot. And I still am, you know, but I'm just, it's like, I don't need to think about what I need to work through. I just need to like keep living my life and know that I feel closer to God, universe source in my heart than ever. Just, you know, keep going through. I love what you said about life being magic, because I think that that knowing is the magic, like knowing that everything we have is so amazing and beautiful is the magic and your life will change once you recognize that. Totally, totally. It can be so hard to do too. Like, especially when there's, you know, a lot of healing to do or a lot to work through, but you know what I've been feeling lately is like, I feel like I've been having more intense moments of just really being present and like learning what it is to be present. And when you can learn to be present, that's when you see that magic so much more clearly, you know? Absolutely. But being present is, is, um, for me, not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, just be in the present moment. And that can be very difficult because most of the time we're either living in the past or in the future. And so being right here right now can be difficult if you don't even know where to start. So I would, I would love to ask you how, how do you get yourself into the present moment? If you find yourself all over the place. Um, honestly, meditation has been like the number one thing for me. I feel like through the practice of meditation, you can learn to like bring your mind to that present spot. Even when you're not meditating after you've been doing it for a while, you're like, Oh, let's reel it back in (sighs) deep breath, let it go. And so it's, it's practice, like training my brain to stop running on and on and on and always thinking, I mean, I still do this sometimes, especially if I feel a little overwhelmed, but like thinking 10 steps in the future, you know, thinking about the past or just deep breaths, bringing myself to the present moment. And then just trying to actually look like what's in front of me. Oh my gosh, my kids are playing in the backyard and they look so gorgeous in that light, you know, like, Oh, the wind feels so good. Like, oh, that just like really appreciating what like my eyes see, especially as a photographer, I'm super drawn to light. Like light has always like guided my life and led my life. And that's why I was attracted to photography initially. So I liked like looking at things, looking at light, the way some lights reflecting off the building or this candle in front of me right now, like that can really kind of hone me in on the moment. That's, I've never thought of it that way. That's really beautiful. I love that. So I've never done this before, but right before we got on our call here, I decided to pick a card for us in this conversation because I just thought, why not? Right. I don't know. I felt called to, I have no idea why I've never done it. So the card I picked is this beautiful, it's a moon in the last quarter of its phase. It's a desert with a sunset. There's a cactus. I'll show it to you. But what it says is practice gratitude. And so I would love to know, it goes a little bit about what you were just saying about just appreciating what you have right now in front of you, but what are some of the ways you practice gratitude? Or if you 
have noticed that a gratitude practice has changed your life in any way? Totally. I mean, I think that gratitude was one of the first tools. Um, I don't know, um, not a tool, but first practices I did even before I kind of was catapulted into spiritual waking, which is like a whole other hour long podcast, <laughs> but like just growing up, I feel like I would just like look at light, see light. And just like, it was my reminder to thank God universe source for like what, what I had in my life. And I always noticed that when I did that, there was like so much released from me. It was, it's like gratitude is almost like a magic unlocking. And, and when you give it, you also receive at the same time. Yes. Um, so gratitude. When I, when I, even now today, when I kind of lose track or, you know, I'm overwhelmed with the kids and there's COVID cases and the school shut down like my daughter this week. And, you know, there's a lot going on. Gratitude is something that I'll just like, I'll practice so I could just be washing the dishes. And I, I try to actually really feel it. Like, it's not like a list. I'm thankful for my husband and my kids and my dog, you know, it's not <laughs> like that. Like I actually try to in my heart, like truly feel the gratitude, truly feel thankful. Cause I feel like when it comes from that like real energy space, that's what, where the power lies. Yeah. That's where the magic is because yeah, if it's just this laundry list of, Oh, I'm grateful this, I'm grateful for that. That's, that's fantastic. And it's great that you're noticing. And if you really feel it, it can change everything because it is like this loop. So the more gratitude that you recognize, the more good things will come to you. And it's just this cycle that just keeps going and going and going, but the, the feeling is where the magic is. Yeah. Yeah. I think gratitude is a great first step for anybody trying to just unlock like a little something more on their, their spiritual journey. Gratitude is like such a great place to start. So we don't have to get into the whole hour long of what your <laughs> spiritual journey uh, yeah. was, but kind of what, what shifted for you in your life that you decided this was something you kind of wanted to investigate a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. So, um, I was always so drawn to like healing modalities, like the spiritual world. Like it just always intrigued me. I grew up in a scary home <laughs> as a child and had experiences and they confused me. I just felt like I was always thinking about them because my brain and my soul was like trying to like, like figure myself out. No one, nobody in my life was um, walking this path of like being a healer or anything. So I didn't have any examples. And then I had a Reiki session and what happened to me physically was so palpable and physical that I was like, what was that? I felt like I remember specifically thinking, this is the language that I speak. And I didn't know I spoke it until I heard it. So that happened. And so many spiritual experiences happened after that, that led me down the path of knowing that, oh my gosh, I think I'm a healer. I battled that a lot. Like I was afraid of that. I was afraid of what people think of me being somebody who always like loved God so much growing up. Like I always felt like I had a direct connection to like universe God. Like I was always praying and the fact that somebody could think that I would be like an evil person by practicing that really, really threw me into so much despair and confusion and like spiritual torture, almost like I was just so repressed and so confused because my intuition knew what was better and where God was leaving, leading me. 
So that was a, not an easy journey at all, but God, am I thankful that I walked with courage? You know, I'm so thankful um, that it makes me almost overwhelmed because it's not been easy. I've been through so much and I'm like, so thankful that I just did it. And I summoned the courage. Yeah. I think it's interesting how we all have this thought of we have to be one or the other and really what it comes down to at the end of the day is a beautiful blend of everything that we've known as a child and the things that we have been experiencing as an adult and really figuring out what that looks like and what that means for us. So I love that that's kind of where you're at now. Yeah. And it's like, I lived, used to live in a box and everything was black and white and, you know, and like, so defined. And when all the walls fall down from the box, you're like, it's kind of scary sometimes, (laughs) but you're, if there's so much love and everything starts to make sense on such a big level that all those little fears in the past almost seem like laughable, you know, they're not laughable in the moment. They're, they absolutely are not. It's, there's a lot there, but it's in the past. Yeah. So you mentioned Reiki was sort of the turning point and I have only kind of started to become familiar with Reiki in the last few years, but for any of my listeners who aren't familiar with Reiki, what is that? What does a session look like and Mm -hmm. what can they expect to experience? As far as I understand, like the Reiki is a little bit different than what I'm doing in the way that I go about it for sure. But when I originally learned about Reiki, so it's basically just channeling, which I believe it's across all um, healing mediums. You're just channeling the highest vibration, highest God energy through your crown chakra out of your hands into the body for like the person's highest good for cleansing, for just overall wellness And it can be very powerful. And you have recently done something called angel Reiki. And so how is that different? So angel Reiki is definitely connecting with not only, but like God's source, but angel vibrations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times loved ones will come through and basically it, we're just connecting with the absolute straight up like God energy and just inviting that energy in so that we can serve the person and their healing journey exactly how they need in the moment, like no more and no less. Yeah. So through my sessions, like sometimes like loved ones will kind of pop in in a flash with like a little message or, um, I'll feel like angel, like Archangel Michael, like step in and I'm like, Oh, the Archangel Michael, like, I think is a part of your spirit team. And, and they'll be like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like, like I always feel Archangel Michael. And, um, so there's a little bit more connection there. Is it something you can do for people online or does it have to be in person? It's funny you bring that up because, because this was all kind of new to me. I thought like, oh, there's no way I could do it online. Like I used to think that because I am very physical and I could feel energy so much. And I learned very quickly that that's not true. Um, I can connect with people via Zoom. I can connect with anybody, honestly, as I first walk us through a meditation so that we do feel like we're in the same like communal space, like energy wise. Um, and as we all know, when it comes to energy, like time and space is not like a a thing, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. You and I have actually never met in person. And one day I'll get to squeeze you and hug you, but, <laughs> but the, the connection that we have is so amazing. So I have no doubts that you can do the same with your clients. So I am so happy that you are offering that online because so many people are going to benefit and I can't wait for people to start booking with you because it's going to be amazing. Yay. The other thing I wanted to bring up that you mentioned earlier was just about this sense of the the feeling of coming home to yourself. Like, you know, that there's something bigger or different out there for you. And you have this, what are people going to think or whatever, but what advice could you give people who really are feeling called to something else that are maybe trying to make a shift in their lives? Yeah. Support don't do it alone. You know, I I was a very, very alone for a while and it was really, really hard and a lot harder than it needed to be. Because when I began to have you and our other Dharma ladies, (laughs) my life began to change so much because I had other like-minded people who understood and, and that I could look to as an example that I could vent to that I could talk through things with. And when you do that, you just gain clarity and you're like, Oh, wow. My mind is so much busier than it needs to be. Like, so community is absolutely, I think it's one of the top ones and then other spiritual support. So like I've had a mentor, that literally like helped to change my life. I've had, you know, healing sessions with other ladies who I really respected and I love the way that they worked. So just finding people that you really resonate with, whether that be through like another coach, a healer, a friend, a community that you feel resonates with you. I think that's just so important. So just, just don't, you don't have to do it alone. Don't be like me. Go, go easier out. (laughs) I learned the hard way. And then I'm like, oh, wow, never doing that again. (laughs) The, the sense of community I have in the last year or so has just, it has completely changed my life. And I, I, I hate the term life changing because it's been overused so much, but really (laughs) for real, this has been life changing for me too. And just being able to get that outside perspective. You know, I think that, um, so often, like you said, we're on the hamster wheel in our own heads and for someone else to come at it from a totally different perspective with love is so important, you know, you, and, and really I think it's also really important to say that get rid of the people who are offering you feedback or criticism in a negative way or from a place of judgment. So really the people that want the best for you and are looking out for you, those are the people that are on your team. Totally. And you know what? The Dharma Coaching Institute was a huge help for me. Um, Not only did I, you know, kind of get catapulted in the career direction that I meant to be in, but it taught me so many tools and I have you ladies as kind of my coaches. So having a coach that can really help your, get your mind because mindset work is like just as important as the spiritual stuff, because we have been so programmed to think a certain way And we don't even notice that we're doing this to ourselves. There's a lot of subconscious stuff going on. So when we have more awareness about that, life can really begin to change very quickly. Absolutely. And I I love what you said, because I think it is, it's about when you're in this space, being able to have friends that are coaches, so they can look at it from the business side of things with you. But then also when you're in a place of spinning or 
looping or, you know, doing the things that are not beneficial, they can look at it and they can coach you through it. So it's just, I've been there and you've done that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So before I let you go, I would love to know where people can find you. Are you taking sessions currently for people who are interested? Yes. So I'm on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Chris Casneri. My name is Christina Cazares Neri, which is way too long. (laughs) Chris is spelled K-R-I-S-C-A-Z-N-E-R-I, Chris Casneri. And I mostly hang out on Instagram and yes, absolutely. There's a link to booking there. Fantastic. I will link that in the show notes. And the last thing I like to do before I wrap up with my guests is ask you five rapid fire questions and rapid fire, just meaning it doesn't have to be a short answer, but you can just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. It's just a way for my listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Cool. What is something that makes you laugh? My daughter. (laughs) (laughs) She's five. (laughs) She's like out of control, wild woman. I just love it. She, I just want to be like her when I grow up. Me too. She's like this fashion diva without, I mean, with an attitude, but without some well, like there's attitude. <laughs> there's a lot of attitude and a lot of like, she, she knows everything. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Well like show me how to do this because apparently you know it all. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have to check in with you in about 10 years when they actually do know everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. She, yeah. She's my little soul sister though. I just love her. She's so funny. Oh. Your favorite birthday or holiday memory, whether it's your own or someone else's. Favorite birthday or holiday memory. It was really cool turning 30 and being uh, super pregnant with my daughter and just looking around. I just, I don't know why this, this popped in my brain. I just remember looking up and, and just seeing all the faces of people I love and just knowing that my little soul sister daughter was in my belly and she was coming soon. And yeah, it just felt like a lot was ahead of me and sure enough, you know, things began to unfold beautifully after that. So yeah. Mm, That's funny. I was pregnant when I was 30 also. Oh really? Uh, Yeah. With my first, but uh, yeah. So I celebrated a week after my birthday. Okay. Mine was about six months. Yeah. I was fairly newly pregnant with her, but, but yeah, I was pregnant. (laughs) What were you doing the last time you lost track of time? If I'm being completely honest, I was probably doing something super boring, like looking on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That is like the biggest time suck ever. I totally understand. Time suck ever. That's so that's, um, yeah, I try not to, but you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) What is something you are excited about right now? Gosh, I'm just so excited for um, my career, if I'm being honest, like just of transitioning and, and having my energy go from this past business that, that's been beautiful and amazing, and turning that energy towards the future and just knowing that there's so much coming and so many people I'm going to meet and hopefully so many people that, you know, inspire and help heal and they can go off and do the same. Like that is just so, that's just the most exciting thing ever. You are so inspiring. So I have no doubts that you are just going to change so many people's lives in the best way. All right. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, that's good. I was a different, I was I just, I was a people pleaser 
majorly like being a good girl got me, you know, the attention I needed growing up and um, praise. So I had to learn how to have my own voice and not just like morph into like being this people pleasing person. So if I'm going to turn that into advice, I would just say that your intuition and happiness matters and you're allowed to say no. And um, you are not just here to make people comfortable. Mm, That's good. Yeah. People pleasing is interesting. It's something that I think so many of us do from a really, really early age. And it's been fascinating to me to recognize that other people don't care about what I'm doing or saying as much as I thought they did. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would make decisions based off of, well, what is so-and-so going to think or so-and-so going to say, and they don't care. (laughs) Totally. And like, literally, if they're thinking about you, it's like for two seconds. Right. And what does it matter? You know, that was a really, really hard, like ego journey that I had to go through to kind of drop that. And even sometimes it'll flare up, you know, like when I think about certain people in my family, like hearing me say that, I know that I'm an intuitive healer, like what they'll think, like kind of flares me into this because they're people that I love, but I know me and I know my journey and what am I going to do? Live my life for other people? Like, Mm -hmm. no, you, you are so much more important than what we, than other people's thoughts that we think they're having, you know, it's like almost silly. <laughs> it, it is silly because they're so in their own heads about themselves and their own lives thinking like even <laughs> I'm judging people for thinking things about me that I don't even know they're thinking. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, with that, thank you so much for being here today. I have loved talking to you and I will link everything in the show notes so that people can connect with you and book a session. Thank you so much. My heart is full. Thank you for this conversation. Yes. I love you so much. I love you. As Christina mentioned, the community is so important in this journey of life. It can really make all the difference when you know you're meant for more, but sometimes get stuck on the hamster wheel of life. After more than a year, I still meet with the Dharma girls every week over Zoom, and they have become some of my best friends. A huge thank you to Christina for coming on today's show and sharing some of her journey with us. Be sure to check the show notes for a link to book a session with her. Here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, when facing resistance, learning to trust your gut and have faith is what will fuel you to keep moving forward. It won't necessarily make it easier, but it will keep your ego and thoughts of fear at bay so they don't stop you in your tracks. Number two. When it comes to doing what you love and what you feel called to do, there is no recipe for success. Allow your intuition to take the lead. It may take a lot of mindset work and healing work, but it is so worth it. Number three, when you learn to be present, that's when you're able to see the magic of life so much more clearly. Meditation can be a great tool to help you get in the present moment. This helps to train your brain to come back to center when it veers off course. Number four, gratitude is a magic unlocking. When you give it, you also receive it at the same time. In your heart, truly feel the gratitude. When it comes from that energy space, that's where the power lies. 
Number five, our lives don't have to be made up of either or choices. They can be a beautiful blend of everything we know to be true. We aren't meant to live our lives in a defined way. When the walls fall down from the box you've been living in, things start to make so much more sense. Thanks for spending some of your day with me. I love being able to bring these conversations forward to share with the world. I have had so many of you say that you feel like you're a part of them when you're listening, and that's such an amazing compliment to me. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. If you feel called to share with me what resonated most from this episode, DM me on Instagram at I am Heather Love. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a magical day.